the community aspect was amazing because unlike many other dance forms, belly dance is accessible. It's not something you level out at when you're 16 years old because your body just can't keep up. It's actually very gentle on the body, yet challenging. So it was great to be in a class that was full of women of all sizes and all ages and all abilities. here. Welcome back to the show. Today we are chatting with belly dancer, fusion dancer, model, and mom, Mary Snow. But before we dive into today's episode, just a quick reminder to please subscribe to the show. Whether you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, press that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on episodes. And head on over to patreon.com slash to join the fam and help keep this show going every single week and get access to exclusive content, behind the scenes content, and early access for my music and writing. Again, that's patreon.com slash X-E-N-J-A. Your support means the absolute world to me. And now it's time for some shameless self-promotion. Have you heard my new electronic EDM single, Running With Wolves? If not, head over to zenya.bandcamp.com to listen to and purchase this moody, mystical single that tells the story of a lone wolf breaking free of all the external noise to let her inner light radiate outwards. And stay tuned for the kick-ass music video happening soon. Mary Snow is a frequent solo and troupe performer known for her engaging personality and versatility. She is a proud member of the award-winning Invoctress Dance, Belly Dance, and Fusion Troupe based in Guelph, Ontario, where she is a managing director, senior dancer, and choreographer. She is also a member of Haas of Quartz Entertainment based in Guelph, who offers sold-out lively drag and variety shows. And she is the resident belly dancer at Retor Bistro, Guelph Lebanese restaurant in Guelph. Mary loves connecting with an audience and has extensive experience performing at shows, weddings, parties, corporate events, community and cultural festivals, charity events, and fundraisers. She has danced at many small and large-scale belly dance events in Canada and the U.S., in 2017, she was part of the Invoctress Ensemble who won first place in the Hamilton International Belly Dance Competition. She has also performed live with a number of world-renowned musicians, such as twice Juno-nominated Echo Deck, the Lemon Bucket Orchestra, and Adrian, Ra Adrian Rasso, to name a few. She's also an invited belly dancer instructor at fitness centers, private functions, and festivals. These days, she can be seen dancing in online shows and collaborating with other artists on video projects. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I like to start with how my guests and I have met, and I'm very curious to know how you found me on Instagram because you followed me and I was like, oh my God, this person is so cool. I need to have oh. her on the show. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had to think back to this a bit too. I think it was, uh, I was scrolling on, there's a page called, uh, share your Asian story. And, um, I was doing some back and forth with them, um, on, uh, just, um, 
heightening um, Asian stories, especially since the last shooting that happened in Atlanta. And sometimes when I find pages that I like, I like to see who else is following them just to see like who else interesting is out there. And I believe you were one of those people that I decided to follow because you also follow that account. Yeah. Yeah. I learned about Share Your Asian, Asian Story through um, Sandra Shu. She was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I, I uh, came to know about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a small but growing um, page, but they ha- it shares a lot of great, great posts. Yeah. And we talked a lot about how just like the importance of sharing our stories is it's, it's Mm -hmm. so important. And like, we all have a story. We all have a unique journey. And if we don't share our stories, no one else will. This is what you're doing too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a a ride this podcast. Mm -hmm. I love it. So Mary, can we start with what brought you to belly dancing in the first place? I think this is so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Like how random is that? So it was 2003. So that is many, 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 many (laughs) years ago. And um, I was was looking for a form of exercise that I didn't hate. It's funny because I love the gym now, but at the time, like I did not, I wasn't into like gyms. Yep. <laughs> and my and one of my friends is, um, told me that she was taking local belly dance class. And I was just like, oh, that sounds interesting. So I took another friend and we just thought we did, we joined a class and I just thought, oh, this is just going to be like whatever fun form of activity we're going to do for exercise. But um, there was a n- number of reasons I was sucked in like immediately. So my, my instructor, um, her name is Ishra here in Guelph is amazing. She, I still take with her Wow! <laughs> like, after oh my God. all these, all these years. So since 2003, she's my first teacher and I have studied with many other teachers, but I've been with her this whole time. And uh, one class a week turned into multiple classes a week, which helped with the progression. And I just loved like the rich history and um, the music is so was so different from anything I heard. And it's so rich. And um, community aspect was amazing because unlike many other dance forms, belly dance is accessible. It's not something you level out at when you're 16 years old because your mm-hmm. body just can't keep up. It's actually very gentle on the body, yet challenging. So it was great to be in a class that was full of women of all sizes and all ages and all abilities and seeing them kind of come into their own body awareness and appreciation and love. Um, So there's that whole aspect to it too. And just being in multiple classes a week, I just, I progressed. And then at some point I um, uh, performed in the first uh, like student recital and I was hooked. I was hooked on the performance aspect of it. So then um, I joined the the performance troupe um, a few years after that. And I just, I love the performance aspect of it too. But the reason why I stay with so long is because um, it's one of those things that the more you do, the more there is to learn. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, I think when people think of belly dance, they have a very um, kind of they have a image that comes to mind. It's usually uh, a woman in a bra and a long skirt and is very glitzy and it's very pretty and is very feminine. But um, there are so many different styles, even under the ability of dance umbrella, as we know it, there's like a lot of folkloric, there's like um, an Americanized version called like tribal style. There's Gothic belly dance, like, like any kind of dance, like it, it has. And so there's just all these other 
styles as well as the movement that, that feels really great in the body. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about like the techniques of belly dancing? Yes. So um, it's all about the art of isolation. So mm. that I think is what really separates it. And it's a combination of contrast. So you have smooth movements that contrast with sharp movements and you have teeny tiny movements that are contrasted with big movements. And a lot of it is from within. So a lot of other dance forms, like if you think of jazz or you think of ballet, it's a lot of uh, long skeletal movements, um, moving like big across the stage. Um, whereas belly dance, is, it can be very, very minute and it's driven from the inside. It's very muscular. And so you actually really develop a really strong core and balance as a result. And that I feel like just helps with everything, <laughs> everything else. So the technique um, as such, like it's, it's gentle. So it's, it's a lot of um, like circular movements, like hip circles and eights in the body um, and undulations and things that just like they're challenging, but they actually feel good. And I know a lot of women that, um, and men actually dance too, that uh, they talk about back pain being alleviated and neck pain really? being alleviated. Yeah. Cause in many ways, a lot of the movements are like stretching. <laughs> huh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'd say the technique is, is very much about the art of isolation and we isolate. It's not just the belly. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it's also a connection. So uh, we think of connecting like, like our lower half to the earth and being very, very grounded and then having an upper half that's very, very lifted. And that allows you to, access the uh the isolation and you can do something heavy and sharp on the bottom and something light and airy on top mm. I'd say mm -hmm. it's all a lot about contrast and a lot about uh minute muscle control yeah that sounds like something I would actually probably be good at because I like my dance style is charitably called interpretive <laughs> but I always find that my top half and my bottom half like there's the, it's that contrast that you talk about. Like I, I they don't work together somehow, <laughs> but like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you should, I encourage everyone to try it. And, and this, the, in the West coast, there's like some amazing instructors too. And then now in the, you know, in the world of a pandemic, you can learn from anybody online anywhere, which is really what the scene has been for the last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it hard to learn and teach via like zoom? Um, I guess it depends on your style of learning. Um, there's nothing to me like a in-person hands-on lesson where someone can, can really look at you and, and, um, like do hands-on adjustments, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, the teach, so I've done a number of, um, teachers classes and they're very good at offering feedback and, um, and, uh, adjustments, but of course, like if you don't want to be there for that, you can just like run to the bathroom. <laughs> <or something>. Yeah, <laughs> just disappear. Like, oh no, the critique is coming. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. That would one hundred percent be me. <laughs> so it's it's still a very viable option yeah. to to study online. Yeah, um, I'm very curious about the history of belly dancing. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I can, I can do my best because I don't think there is one agreed upon um, 
where it came from because mm-hmm. it is so old and it is constantly evolving. So um, belly dance as, as like, I guess the Western world commonly knows it, like, like people that, that aren't in the scene that, that just see it here and there. Um, that is probably what they see as something called um, a classical Egyptian or maybe even um, American cabaret, where you might have veils, you might see a sword here and there. It's very glitzy and it's very um, stagey. And that actually only really came into being from like the 1920s on. Ballet dance before that was very much a social dance. It still is a very much a social dance. And um, in Egypt, when um, the tourist economy started booming, they started um, putting on these cabaret shows to entertain these tourists. So the, the costuming got glitzier and the movement got a bit more dramatic and grand. And then the film industry came a couple of decades later and then um, dance was modified for that too. Um, so, but then, but, but prior to that, it was very much a social dance. It was often a dance. So in a lot of um, Arabic cultures, men and women would, would hang out separately. And what women would often do was the older generation would teach the younger girls how to belly dance, um, you know, kind of like as, as a way to have fun, but also, um, like, uh, to, to me strengthen, like those baby making <laughs> parts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, then like, this is a contentious belief that a lot of people like will claim that it traces back to like a temple days of uh, um, uh, one of the art temple arts that, that uh, priestesses might do um, back then. And then um, there's also um, a history of nomadic people coming like from India and bringing some of that styling with it too. So it is really old and has um, many um, influences and it still, it still is evolving. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. So what did you start like, were you a dancer prior to learning belly dance? No. And this is one of the things that I tell people all the time, because I think a lot of us just love to dance. Like mm-hmm. we're not professional dancers, but we love to dance and we kind of feel like as an adult, an adult, like you're never going to have any sort of like career um, in, in, as a dancer. Um, so I never had any, any dance, tra- formal dance. I've always loved dance, but I've never had any formal training. Um, the closest thing maybe was I was a competitive gymnast, like when I was really little. I was a gymnast. <laughs> so <were you? laughs> I love it still. I still oh, wish yeah. I could do some of that stuff. But no, and that's the beauty of it is uh, you can pick it up at mm. any stage in life and really excel at it if you choose to, you know, put the effort into it. Yeah. Well, and we'll talk about this later, but it sounds like a very empowering style of movement. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with it too, that it's accessible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the other creative outlets that you pursue? So um, one of the other things that I do is um, I do like, I quote unquote model. (laughs) (laughs) I I just use that because like it just, again, like I think people like when they hear the word, like it has like a certain image to it, which I don't (laughs) think I fit. 
into, but really like all of my photographers basically are like, if we're taking pictures of you, you're a model. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And if we want to take pictures of you, like that's how they refer to me. Um, So I've done it. I have done like some like product modeling before, um, but what I really do now is a lot of um, creative modeling for photographers. So um, I work with a great local guy. Um, we've done like 20 shoots now. His name is John Robb. Um, and it's because I often will need promo pictures. We kind of have like this uh, agreement where, um, okay, we'll shoot together. I'll need like shots in this costume in this way. And then he'll be like, okay, I bought all these weird like light tubes and these weird lights. I would like to drip wax on you and <laughs> pour flour on you and stuff. <laughs> so just like, okay. But like after every single shoot, we always get images that are amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's been um, a surprising creative outlet. It's not just like stand pose pretty. Like sometimes we get really weird <laughs> yeah. about it. And, and I think that also is something that because again, like when people think like models, you often think of a age and a body type <laughs> as well. <Yep. laughs> right? mm-hmm. So I have a few that I shoot with and I just love collaborating with um, other artists because everyone, because we're all a bit weird and we all have weird ideas. And um, yeah, the other thing I do is uh, I perform as part of like the House of Quartz, which it, so it's my friend, uh, Crystal Quartz, who is a drag queen. And uh, she started putting on um, drag sh- and variety shows in Guelph. And uh, now I'm inducted as part of the entertainment <laughs> group. Yay! And, and those shows are hilarious and fun and super fun as well. Um, yeah, what else do I do? I, I do a lot of things to kind of like just to support arts. Um, so like multicultural festivals or um, any, any, so, and the pirate festival, we have a pirate festival. We used to have a pirate festival here too. So a lot of um, performances at those kinds of things where it might not necessarily be ballet dance, but it might be more like burlesque kind of things or more funny kind of things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm meeting so many people who are like, multi-hyphenate artists and I think that that's so just great because like sometimes we're going to want to do something and sometimes we're going to want to do something else and it's totally okay like I feel like society is like no you got to stay in one box and I'm like "Mm, no (laughs) and even in the belly dance scene there's a lot of that kind of politics that that happen where even like the term belly dance is is very very loaded like um like you can't call yourself a belly dancer because you don't dance this way or you don't mm. study from this school or um, you don't have like a, these origins of culture. Like it's, it's in itself, it has a lot of politics where, because belly dance has like a lot of fusion that has happened to it too. So people are like, oh, if you dance fusion, you're not really a belly dancer. <laughs> mm. So what's, what's fusion? Fusion, um, generally speaking, is where you take different styles of dance and you meld it with belly dance. Mm. So in Votris, our troupe, we do offer both um, classical Egyptian dance, which often we are asked for at like weddings and sometimes at cultural festivals. And then 
we have done hip hop fusion. We have done flamenco fusion. We've done like samba fusion. Um, we've done Irish fusion. <laughs> we've done some weird stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. But um, I think like it, it is tricky because you always want to be respectful of the roots of art forms. Um, but you also like want to let it grow as well, right? So yeah. I think a lot of it is is respect and just kind of knowing where everything comes from. Everything that we decide to fuse, we make sure that we are studying the history and um, the impacts of that art form as well, just so we can present things in a very intentional way. Yeah. Because, you know, like some people might just think like, oh, like um, Bollywood and belly dance would look like I would all on a belly dance in like a Bollywood costume because they're beautiful costumes <laughs> without mm-hmm. really knowing like necessarily the differences of the two. Yeah. Or what a bindi it means to wear that kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. It's it's I feel like there there is some of that, like we're getting back to that. Mm-hmm. Which is really, really awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, people are trying to be more mindful of, of things. So. Yeah. Um, can we talk about, oh my gosh, balancing your creativity with a full-time job and a family? How many kids do you have? I have two. Aww. So I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. Okay. Um, they're awesome. Yeah, it is, it can be tricky. And, and sometimes people are just like, like, how do you do that? Yeah. And I find it's so funny because I've had people um, want to interview me or have me mentor them. Um, and to me, I was just like, I don't know why, because I'm not that special. <laughs> like you should interview like my dance teacher, like you should interview like the dance studio head, or you should interview this person that does it as a full time. But what I realized is those aren't most people. Like Mm. Yes, they are they are admirable for their accomplishments. Um, but most people are trying to find a way to incorporate to find balance. Yeah. Right? It's it because because yeah, I it took me a while to come to that realization. It's like, why, why do you want to talk to me? Like you should talk to my my dance teacher <laughs> who's like way better than me. <laughs> but sometimes they want what they want to talk about is that balance and how to fit that into your life. And people aren't looking to be a professional dancer full time. People are looking to see how they can fit it into their life. So I, I'm very lucky. I have a partner who fully supports all of my creative pursuits. And um, he encourages me to do so even after I had babies. He's just like, whenever you need to go, like go do your dance. Because I know dancers who they've had babies and then they drop out of dance because like their husbands can't be alone with the baby for two hours. <laughs> when I'm yeah. so sad. <laughs> um, so a lot of it is that. Um, and uh, I think because my job is pretty corporate um with very little creative kind of uh outlets I I just need to have the other creative outlet it's not even really yeah like I totally could like just bum out for the rest of the night and Netflix which I do sometimes (laughs) don't we all though yeah I know it's great (laughs) 
but I know I feel so much better um, just being creative. I feel a little more, more alive. So I am also by nature, a very organized person. And I think me too. And sometimes I just, I feel bad telling people that. Cause I'm just like, I'm, I'm just really good at time management and I'm really good at organizing. <laughs> like, and I make deals. This is what I say, tell them. I, I make deals with myself. So I'll say, okay, I will practice dance after the kids go to bed. I will practice dance until nine o'clock. And then I will allow myself to Netflix for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause it's not all fun. Like I'm going to be honest, like, drilling and practicing and writing choreography um that's why it's so uh that's why it's so fulfilling is because of the the work you put in because of that process right Mm -hmm. and it can be a grind it can be a grind like drilling and coming up with choreography and you have choreographer's block but then you perform (laughs) and you feel amazing and you look at what you've accomplished and you're like I did that thing yeah. And so yeah. I, <laughs> and it's like the performance is like the high after the performance is like, oh, we're doing this right away again. No, and no, and, and the performance is like maybe four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> months and months and months right, for exactly. a four minute thing. <laughs> yeah. But man, it was a good four minutes, and that's what we live for. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Or we wouldn't keep coming back, you know? Yeah. And the other interesting thing is um being a mom now, especially having a girl, I'm way nothing holds a mirror up to your face more than having kids. And <laughs> I am more and more aware of how my actions affect how they perceive the world. So I want to show my daughter that she has the choice to work, to be a mom, to dance, to have her own hobbies um, as well. And I want like my son to see that that's also okay. So -hmm. then he can grow up and like support women that way too. So yeah. That's really wise. I really love hearing that. I don't have kids, so I can't relate, but (laughs) yeah, no, that's really, that's really wise. Yeah. Because I mean, there's, there's days where like, it's easy to feel guilty about dance being something that takes time away from them. Mm. Right. And so those are things that I'm like, you know what? I'm no one's being as hard on me myself than myself yeah. <laughs> about that we are our own worst critic yeah yeah so I mean I schedule in everything like if I have a performance coming up then I will look a month ahead and be like okay by this date I want to have my music picked by this date I want my costume to be ready by this date I want like this much choreography to be ready by a week before I want it done so I can practice and yeah just blocking off that chunks of time yeah to get done yeah that's huge even like in my own creative process having a schedule is life-changing yeah it wouldn't yeah. get done if it was just like left up to the flow I know I know because I will procrastinate yep <laughs> and then I'll look like an idiot <laughs> right so that's also mo- very motivating yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm obsessed with the photos you sent me. Random side note. Oh, oh. my gosh, they're gorgeous. <laughs> I forget I just, which ones I sent you. <laughs> I'm I'm going to use the one in like a like a seafoam green outfit. Okay. They're so beautiful. Oh my gosh. 
yeah so those are probably taken by by some of those photographers I work yeah. with <laughs> yeah I recently got into photography but like of myself and I'll paint on myself um, and <laughs> I use acrylic paint though so that's probably not the best for my skin <laughs> oh I <laughs> I guess now it more than ever is a time to try those things. Right. I know even now I'm like trying to figure out how I can do certain things by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Please will hear me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like over here, I have like these lights <laughs> because Ooh. Um, I'm trying to like make myself look cool <laughs> when I do things <laughs> for the <Right>. social media. <laughs> For the gram, do it for yeah. the gram. <laughs> and right now, like I just put these curtains up like last weekend um, because I have a show coming up and a video project. So I'm like, oh, how are things going to look? Yeah. And yeah, people are performing in their kitchens and stuff. Like you do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I feel like a lot of a lot of us have had to like shift in everything and be like how do we make virtual work but you know what it is working mm -hmm. yeah I'd love to see some of your selfies <laughs> your painted selfies <laughs> I yes I will send some of those to you <laughs> there so they I used some of them for um I'm writing a book series and a lot of it uh, has to do with element bending so I did uh, like Ooh. earth, air, uh, water, fire. So I'll send you the website page that they're on, um, that so, so fun to do. Um, so we just, uh, did an element themed, um, dance session with my teacher, Ishra. Oh my God. So, and we've done an elements themed show before. So we've put on shows where, um, it'll be divided by the elements and then all of the pieces that will fall into that, that chunk will reflect whatever element. So, yeah, it's been fun dancing through the elements, though, because, um, yeah, it's just another layer that you can add on to movement. Yeah. Oh, I love doing stuff with the elements because I'm super spiritual and like universe connections. And oh, you should take classes stuff. with my teacher then. Yeah. You, yeah. You would love it. You would love it. Oh also, gosh. we just fin watched, finished watching the last <laughs> My whole family did. So yeah, we're I very, we're very elementally minded yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, I started doing um, Kinergy. It's like Julianne Huff's uh, expanded fitness creation oh. thing, and it incorporates the elements. And it is, it's it goes back to what you were saying about wanting to find like a um, fitness method like, and that's not yeah, going exactly. to the gym. That's yeah. Kinergy for me because I'm I cannot go oh, and run on a treadmill. I cannot do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's been so fun. And she does she teach it? She she's one of the teachers. Yeah. Oh, is she wooey? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that, but I don't know Julianne, huh? <laughs> I, right, I know. <laughs> When so, I have her on the podcast, I will ask her. No. Oh, he said. I do. I have a whole list of people that's like Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep. Like, yeah. Okay. Maybe you never maybe know who'll say yes. I, yeah, you never I know. know. <laughs> what are they doing these days? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're dying to talk to somebody. Yeah, I know, right? And that could be me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. Um, okay. In the interest of time, mm-hmm. do you want to chat about the importance of Asian representation and women empowerment? Of course. Of course. Yeah, it's been a bit of a journey. <laughs> it yeah. has been a journey. Um, and especially now. So I was born here, but my parents came um, to Canada in 79, which is the year before I was born. So that tells you how old I am. <laughs> um, and uh, actually, it was the first time they saw snow. So my middle name is Snow, is actually Snow. Oh. I know. Okay. So beautiful. Um, Yeah. And uh, I was also, so I was raised with that. um, And um, Vietnamese culture is a lot more conservative. And also raised Roman Catholic, which is also conservative. Well, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So, yeah, it's really interesting because. Growing up, even my mom, who was in retrospect pretty like um, ahead of her time for a Vietnamese lady, um, but still was very much like, you know, like don't cause any trouble, don't ruffle the feathers. There's a lot of like, I think an inferiority complex of like just being so grateful to be somewhere that you're uh, willing to just do whatever to be in good graces. Yeah. Or accept whatever to be in good graces. And Asian women, um, there's another layer of that that expectation of then being like subservient and quiet and meek. Um, oh, and then there's like, yeah, there's there's so much there with like the like exoticization of them and <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. So I think Asian women, especially so Asians in general, but then specifically Asian women are, it's very uncomfortable for many of us to speak up or put yourself out in a, the limelight. So dancing was like, my parents have, my mom saw me dance once, but like, they're not really like into it. It's not something they're going to brag to their friends about. <laughs> yeah. They brag that I work for the government, but not that I dance. <laughs> so <laughs> I know it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, and so I've received some messages from um, another Asian belly dancer that was so just so sweet, and she's just like, you know, like when I see you putting yourself out there and posting things, like it makes me feel like I can too. Hmm. Like, because <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, and I don't think I didn't think of it that way before of how like just by doing something you kind of give permission for others to do the same and you don't see Asian women in the limelight much Mm -hmm. like in in movies or in political power or and in like top positions and companies or in the arts like it's really underrepresented so a lot of Asian women feel like I shouldn't chase that or Hmm. I shouldn't bother trying because what kind of future would I have in that kind of thing? Yeah. So I think one of the great things um, that has emerged recently um, is that people are putting more of a focus on 
on Asian lives and Asian women and, and rep that kind of representation and, and maybe thinking about how we got here <laughs> because yeah. really like, oh, there's such a long history about it. That's not even talked about, about yeah. um, like the, the Americans have your own history with Asians. <laughs> yeah. Canada has a really dark history with Asians too, um, with deportations of um, Japanese Canadians. Um, decades ago and the use of that labor and uh, yeah and then just being the the whole myth the the model minority myth of um, okay like we like you because you are well behaved and you're good at math so you can do <laughs> accounting and oh the women so we'll marry you and you can cook us dinner oh, <laughs> but you'll be like a freak in the bedroom <laughs> like all that kind of stuff it's kind of like like a brain f because on one hand it's like a backhanded compliment mm -hmm. but it's really not <laughs> <laughs> yeah but sometimes like you're just so eager to fit in and not be a target of any sort of um, uh, bad treatment that you just are like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> swallow your pride. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like give up on your dreams, yeah. <laughs> fit in, conform. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's still, it's funny because even like now when I, um, even post like a slightly scandalous picture or something. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> some people are going to clutch their pearls about this one. Right. <laughs> but it's like, it's tasteful, you know, like, it's not like, like, uh, <laughs> you're not doing like pole. <laughs> no. You know, like but if I did... And that took a long time for me to kind of wrap my head around too, is like, if I did, and if I wanted to, like, that would still be okay, because mm -hmm. that's still my choice kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But no, you're, but like, yeah, the, the limits of what's considered scandalous <laughs> yeah. um, in a lot of Asian cultures is very like. Yeah, no, I feel like too, growing up Catholic, that's the same thing as like, <laughs> scandalous is like wearing a tank top. <laughs> I know. And one of my, my uh, good friends, she um, is a burlesque. You, sh you should actually interview her. She is a burlesque um, teacher and performer and actually a sex educator mm. and um, empowerment coach. And she brought burlesque to, to Guelph. Basically she started running her um, the first shows here. And even like, I know, and I, I'm like kind of ashamed to say it, but uh, like thinking like, Oh, like we have to make sure like we distinctly define like burlesque away from like belly dance because we don't want to mm. like taint the image <laughs> kind of mm -hmm. thing. And then like I realized like what the hell is that <laughs> about? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, it's it's so interesting, like like uh all of the the kind of like societal beliefs and how they really get ingrained in They're our heads. Deep. Yeah. It's like They're undoing deep. all of that. Yeah, it is a constant process, but I think it's happening. It is, I think it's on in a general sense, maybe like baby, baby steps for some people, but 
hopefully. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to plug your upcoming show? Yeah, actually, uh, I think I'm going to post something about it today. I just saw uh, the media go out for it, but I am going to be in a show called Glitter on the 24th. And um, it is a monthly show and it is hosted by, um, her name is Eshe and she runs this dance studio in Hamilton, Ontario and um, called Mahasti. And she uh, runs these monthly curated uh, ballet dance shows. They used to be in person. And so myself and the Invoked Troop, we used to be very regular performers there. But now she has moved to an online format, which has been really cool because then you can really open up the performer roster performance roster to people of um from everywhere and so she just uh, posted the lineup today and it's a like a beautiful diverse um cast of dancers um a lot of american ones um in different a number of different styles of belly dance too and her shows like she is not just belly dance but uh, she'll often have drag performers and maybe some hip-hop dancers um i think she has had spoken word on it before so it's a very fun, a very diverse, very casual, like inclusive show. I always have a great time performing in that. And interestingly, uh, the theme to this show is uh, your last dance. So just hmm. thinking like if you had one more dance to do, what would it look like? Um, and I, yeah, it was a, I've been thinking about that and because I had something I was going to do for like the next show. Like whenever I was invited to the next show, I'm going to do this. So then she <laughs> right. threw that then she threw that theme at me. I was like, ooh, what would I do? Mm. What would I want to say in my last dance? So <clears throat> I recently just started go, getting into um, like looking into like Vietnamese dance. So I recently put in my first ever Vietnamese dance performance at the, the Guelph Multicultural Festival online show. I've never, when I was little, my mom used to choreograph me and my sister and like her little white friends <laughs> to perform at the, for the residents of the nursing home. Oh my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where she worked. Um, but that was like when we were really little. So, and then when you get to a certain age, you just don't want to like there's a part of, there's a part of a lot of immigrants that get ashamed of their culture and you try to be as like western as you can and so you don't care for you don't want to learn the language you want to distance yourself from that because you want to fit in you want to integrate um but we've been doing a lot of in my dance troupe, we were supposed to have a show last year and the theme of it was good, was origins where we were each going to delve into like our heritage and our lineage and create dances inspired by that and so kind of as a result um I've been and plus a lot of this political stuff that's happened it's like you know it's important for us to remember where we came from and to be proud of it yeah so that stuff combined um I'm thinking of doing something related to that for this last dance (laughs) show oh my gosh um yeah is, are there tickets can people go to yes. buy tickets um she has events on facebook um they're called glitter shows um and she also posts on instagram i will also share on mon- on my socials and then you can kind of like link up to the show there'll be instructions on how to watch the show okay and it is and it's a live show so it's not pre-recorded 
Um, and then I'm also in uh, another show on May 2nd is called Connections. And so it's actually another dancer from Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton is <laughs> a very creative place. Nice. So what she has done is she has um, grouped together dances, dancers from all over the world to create a collaborative piece for this show. So it is going to be pre-recorded because that's how it has to be. But she'll group someone from like Europe and someone in the States and someone in Canada, and then they will work together to produce a video for this Mm. show. So um, that is also something that I am working on, and that will be shown uh, on May 7th or 9th, early May. (laughs) I'll have I'll okay. have it up on it's it's up it's up on my Instagram too. Okay, cool. cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, and then what else is going on? Uh, so there's those two shows, and we're just we're just waiting when we can perform again. Yeah, <laughs> we're just waiting to perform again. Yeah, there's something. There's a lot of like oh, once we see how things turn out, we're gonna have these shows. So there's nothing concrete about that because we are right. in a four week lockdown right now. Oh, you are. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the kids are homeschooling <laughs> and yeah. And uh, we just, it was just announced a province wide lockdown for four weeks. Was there another surge? There was a mm. surge. <laughs> so. Oh, I coronavirus. <laughs> I know, but vaccinations are rolling out here. Um, Good. So yeah, there's a tiered system of vaccinations and. I know. It's a little painful. We'll get through it though. It'll there will be light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but there's always kind of fun things happening. We did an online um drag show um for one of the local colleges. That was fun. And we recently, me and uh, two other girls from the dance troupe did a performance for like the University of Guelph's history department. Um, Their theme was um, looking back in history and also like women's um, acts of resilience throughout history. So they're like, can you do a belly dance like set that shows that? We're like, can we ever? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so it's just fun. Like, there's so many different kinds of um, events that we get asked to perform in. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's jump to final five speed round. Oh God, I didn't prepare myself. (laughs) It'll be very, it'll be very organic. (laughs) Totally fine. Um, What is the best thing about belly dancing? Uh, The best thing about belly dance is discovering way new always discovering new ways of moving your body mm-hmm. there's always new things to learn and there's always new muscles you're finding <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Think, yeah so I think the best thing is you will never stop learning I love that and it's accessible and it's accessible learning so you don't have to be like super flexible or super what good knees or whatever <laughs> And from what you said, it could help with yes. you know, bad news. Yes. With proper technique, I feel like you can totally improve certain ailments. <laughs> what is a favorite pre-show ritual? A favorite pre-show ritual. I actually really enjoy um, laying out my costumes on the floor and packing. I am so, I'm such an organizational freak. Like, 
I mean, you're in good company. Yeah, yeah. So I like laying out my whole entire costume with all of my accessories and everything I need um, out and then packing it and then giving myself a lot of time to do hair and makeup. Mm. I do not like to rush. Mm -hmm. I think that's the act of like getting ready for the show. Isn't that so fun? It's just like the anticipation, like, oh, it's so fun. So I guess the ritual is the getting ready, which yeah. it might not be a non-answer, but there are many that dancers I know of that um, like do, are not prepared. And you can tell like they arrive at something and they're so flustered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it's the giving myself time to, yeah. The, yeah. So yeah, the yeah. prep. Uh, what is a favorite post-show ritual? Um, stuffing my face full of food. Yes. <laughs> Usually I like cake and wine. But when we would go to Hamilton, we'd perform at these glitter shows. Um, It was the venue was next door to a Lebanese restaurant. And we would Mm -hmm. go and get platters of food and just eat. That was a great ritual. So eating. Yes, I love that. Yeah, because I don't like to eat too soon before I perform for obvious reasons. Right. (laughs) But um, afterwards, it's a free for all. Yeah. Question four, what advice do you have for other creatives who are also balancing a full-time job and a family alongside their art? Uh, Carve out time for it. Even if you, and and like, don't force the inspiration. Like, even if the time is spent, like listening to music or just watching um, YouTube videos for inspiration, like doing research, like just make carve out the time for it it doesn't have to be a lot of time every day like maybe half an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> just to keep yeah. it going it's so easy like once you slip out to just be like eh. <laughs> it's yep. all about habits <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so keep it a habit and last question do you have a dream place to perform oh egypt <laughs> Ooh. yeah oh yeah gosh. like like the mothership yeah <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for chatting with us, Mary. Amazing. It was fun. I feel like we could have chatted all day. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Family, check out Mary Snow on Instagram at mary.snow.official. She's also on Facebook and YouTube and her new website. All of the links are in the episode description. Um, And check out her upcoming show next week and in the beginning of May. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed your time today. Please take a minute to press that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Play. And if you liked today's episode, please rate and leave a review. It would mean so much to me and it helps more listeners like you find this podcast. You can connect with our guests and myself on social media. All of our information and more is listed in the description of this episode. I'm your host, Senya. See you next time.